Hey, Nathan, a lot of times in the evening when the kids are starting to wind down and get ready for bed, they like to ask us some challenging questions. And I know that they've asked you some, asked me some. Two of those really questions that I can think of are, who is God and where did sin come from? That's an interesting couple of questions, and and you're correct. Uh, It seems like at nighttime, the kids are supposed to be winding down, and their minds are just um, continuing to rev up. And It's good, though. We want them to ask these important questions. We want them to wrestle through important things about who God is, what the world's like, who they are, and own their own faith. So we're not against the questions, but that question of where does sin come from and what does that mean about who God is? Because we've taught our kids that God created everything. Mm. And so the the obvious conclusion from a young mind, well, if God created everything, then he created sin. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's only when we see who God is and we see his characteristics that that's when we know how to define what sin is. Because sin is contrary to who God is. And so it's this absence of what God wants in our life that is sin. And it's contrary to who God is in our life. That is sin. Yeah, we want to unpack that over this this podcast and talk a little bit more about it, provide some illustrations. But it's good for our kids to have questions. And I don't even think it's just a kid thing. I mean, as adults, mm. we even sometimes grapple and have to really wrestle through some of these questions. And for our listeners, you know what? Wrestling through the important things of your faith is an important process in your life. And I'm not talking about deconstructing everything, but mm. just just really wrestling through the theology, like w- what we know about God, what we believe about God, what we believe about man and our condition before God, and how that impacts our lives. It's really important. Yeah. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I am Nathan. In this episode, uh, which we're going to entitle, If God Created Everything, Then He Created Sin, Right? We're going to be talking about this. Does God create sin? And this is a continuation of our last episode where we talked about lies from the enemy. We're going to do several series of episodes that's related to lies that the enemy's trying to put into our minds and keep us away from the real truth. Yeah. Our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. Hey, Nina, it's so easy to think about uh, when you want to read your Bible, when you want to study more. We think about the New Testament. That's where the words of Jesus are. That's where we see first uh, eyewitness accounts of what he did and how his disciples lived out life. Something that's very important for people to think about and remember is that Genesis provides so many foundational thoughts and ideas and truths about who God is. Mm. And when we talked with Pastor Adam about what is God's word, why is it meaningful, we talked about Genesis being one of those books that you should read if you're a new believer, or maybe you're a believer who hasn't uh, studied the Bible very much because of all those foundational truths. Mm. A truth I want us to pick out of Genesis is in the very first chapter. God talks about how he's creating all of these things. And he goes, and it is good. Mm. And it is good. And it is good. And he says that for five days. And then on the sixth day when he created mankind in his own image, human beings, he said, it is very good. Would you mind reading that Genesis 1.31 account for us real quick? And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So again, we just want to clarify that God, when he created 
He created things good. And I'm going to make like a, an inference. He created it right, and he created it perfect, and he created it holy. Hmm. Do you agree with all of that? I would say yes. Up until that point, when God's doing his handiwork, right? Nothing wrong with the world. I would not say there was. And I don't see anything in any of the first six days where it said, and God created sin. No, okay. he did not create sin. So when we talk about it with our kids and when we wrestle with it with ourselves, we need to go back to God's word and see what God's word says. Hmm. He created it good. So that's that's our foundation for today. Right. Yeah. Okay, podcast over. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> not, not. Definitely not. Now, this is where it gets interesting and intriguing. And you know what? As a human being who's impacted by sin, kind of a little bit frustrating. Sin entered the world because God let us choose. And I just want us to kind of think about that for a while. God let us choose to obey His commands or to reject his commands. And let's kind of talk about the Adam and Eve story. <laughs> what do you remember about that story and the choice that God gave Adam and Eve? Well, he told them about the the tree that was in the middle of the garden, the tree of life. And what I understand of the tree of life is as long as they could eat from the tree of life, they would have perfect life. Yeah. Like eternal life. I think that would have been the case. Yeah, but what was the other tree that you were talking about or about to reference? Uh, the tree of good, uh, good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what was the command that God gave to? Do Adam? not eat of that tree. Do not eat of that tree. And I think we talked about this yeah, in think, the lies episode, right? I feel Cause, like, yeah. Because Satan goes, or Eve kind of got things confused a little bit and said, well, I can't even touch the tree. But God had not said that. Right. God gave Adam and Eve the opportunity to choose his ways. He also gave them an opportunity to disobey his commands. So God said, do not eat of the tree. He made it very clear what not to do, but he didn't put them in a, like a, a pit where they were hidden away from the tree. Right. He didn't put a fence around the tree, hmm. didn't build a wall around the tree. Yeah. So it seems like if they chose to go to that tree, which they ended up doing, they could choose not to follow his path. But why is that important for humanity? Why is that important for us as human beings? Why is the opportunity to choose, to choose good or to choose bad, to choose God or to choose the enemy's ways, why is that so meaningful for us as, as human beings? We need to know where we came from. We need to know what our nature is and we need to know who God is and what truth is. We also know that there's there's evil out there and that we can choose two paths. But if we don't even know what God's path is and we don't choose truth, it's almost like we're automatically choosing evil. I think that's an important call out is we do need to know who God is so that we can know God's ways. Something that's interesting to me also in the creation account of, of human beings is we were made in the image of God. Oh, yeah. And if we see how God lives out life, he's choosing and executing and, and following through. And I think there's this element of how God made us to f to be like him, to, to have freedom to choose. I've always like talked to our kiddos when they've questioned, like, why is there evil in the world? I've talked to them about, well, if God made us like robots, if God made us like slaves who could never choose him freely and, and willfully and lovingly choose him, well, then that love, that obedience, that surrender wouldn't be as meaningful. So I, I think that's part of part of this equation is God says, as human beings, you are in my image and you have this freedom to choose the right way or to choose the wrong way. What, what's so hard for me is I've only, 
I've only known my freedom within the the limitations of my humanity. I've never, at least not yet, you know, fully uninhibited by my my sin and my inclination towards sin. I, I still live like my choices out in that way, not not in the way God wants me to do it fully. Yeah, and we won't we won't get to have that opportunity until we're in heaven where there is no more sin. And we're perf- perfected bodies. Yeah. But before the time being, we get to choose. And Adam and Eve chose. It, it's interesting, too, though. Like, I, I'm thinking about this. Like, God walked with them in the evening. Mm. You know, it talks about that as well. And he was, he was with them. I just find that just so fascinating that, you know, he, he created them. He wanted this relationship with them. But then he also allowed them to have this opportunity to to choose. The way the lie, though, was posed to them is that you will be like God. We were made in his image, but we were never to be to be God or to mm. have that kind of power the way that Satan wanted to take over and have power. I think that's another important call out. It's it's the characteristics of God and His holiness and His glory. Now, I, I want to back up real quick because we're going to talk about God's, His holiness, His His glory, and and how that helps us define what sin is. But it's interesting to me, and I I firmly believe God did not create sin. What's interesting to me is He didn't stop hmm. sin from being a possibility because Adam and Eve had a choice. Now, tell me what you think about this statement. Sin entered creation due to the act of rebellion. Sin entered creation due to the act of rebellion. God, again, didn't put a wall around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, do not eat it, but he didn't forcibly stop them. When we think of sin, God didn't make sin. Right. But sin happened when mankind said, I do not trust you, Father God. And disobeyed a command that he had given them. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was a lack of trust. It was a lack of trust and, and a desire f- to be more like God in a way that they shouldn't have been. And, and that's how sin still works in our lives as well, right? right. Our, our sin is not God saying, I made that in you. Our sin is actually our rebellion and our running away from what God's standard is for us. Mm-hmm. His good plan. His good plan. Hey, Nina, there are two scriptures I want us to read to help us understand maybe a a practical definition of sin according to God's word. Would you mind reading 1 John 3, 4 for us? Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So sin is breaking the law. Sin is lawlessness. Uh, A simpler way to, to describe that is sin is a violation of God's holy law. I think it's important that we go back to what what is God's standard, and we really can't know what sin is. We can't really understand what breaking the law is without God having given us His law, without God not being holy. If we look at Romans three twenty three, we get another idea of of what sin is. Would you mind reading Romans three twenty three for us? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So in this case, sin is anything, our words, our actions, our thoughts, anything in our life that is short of God's glory or His perfection. So we're we're coming back to this idea of, well, did God create sin? No, no, God didn't create sin. God gave us choice. God gave us free will. And we can only know what sin is because we know who God is. 
So if we look at that first verse in 1 John, sin is anything against God's holy will. And if we look at Romans 3.23, sin is anything that falls short of God's perfection or God's glory. Hey, I, I saw this illustration really recently. We're both wearing our warm outfits. Warm outfits right now, right? <laughs> and I was seeing something on the internet and it said, what's the definition of cold? And we use cold like I'm cold, I'm chilly. We only know cold because we have known what? Warmth. Warmth, right? We don't really measure how, how many degrees cold something is. We actually measure the presence or the lack thereof of heat. Yeah. Isn't that really remarkable? Is that our standard of cold is actually our, is compared against our standard of, of heat. Let's think about light. We only know darkness because we've experienced light. Mm. And so it's not that cold doesn't exist. It's not that darkness doesn't exist, but they really are only a descriptor of warmth and light in our life. Mm. Every analogy about God falls short in some way. So please, um, if you're listening right now, you probably can think of something where this analogy will fall short. But isn't it the same with sin? Is that we only know what sin is because we have God's standard or we have an understanding of his holy plan or even if we don't fully understand this holy plan, he is the standard, and it's a perfect standard. And when you compare that against <laughs> our imperfect living and, and thoughts and actions and deeds. It's a lot to digest thinking through, you know, I think about the absence of light, you know, there's darkness. The absence of heat, you know, there's cold God provided in the Old Testament to Moses the law and how how we can be right with him and how we can be right between with relationships with other people. Paul even spoke about how we all fall short of that. We we all mm-hmm. fall short of of even the law that the standard that that God gave to Moses. But in his graciousness and in his plan from the very beginning, and I think we talked about that in another podcast, that he didn't leave us to have to figure it out on our own. None of us can be perfect. You know, he, we, we've already read that scripture that we, we can't meet that standard. Yeah, we've all fallen short. But God sent Jesus Christ who could meet that standard, who did meet that standard and, and lived a perfect life. He did all the things that no no one else could do so that we could have that relationship with God and and he's the light he's the the way you know the truth and so i don't know i i, I get excited about that because god didn't leave us to to be on our own and without him he he wanted he wants a relationship with us and so even though he did not create sin not having Christ means that we that we are in sin and it, it requires death. But Jesus came and made that sacrifice so that we could have life. Hmm. It's really interesting. A lot of people don't like rules. They don't like laws. They wanna they wanna have their own freedom to to live the way they choose. And and we hear that a lot in the world. If you're watching any type of social media or, or standard media, well, well, can I just? Can I just be happy? Can I just, I, I'm just loving people. We almost act in the pride of, of Satan and go, well, can't I just make up my own rules? It, it's really loving of God to say, this is the standard. Mm. It's really loving. And this loving. is the way. And this is the way. It's rather loving. It's not domineering. It's not hypocritical. 
for him to go, this is the standard. This is my way. Because if you think about it, we have eight people in the house, right? Yeah. And when we were trying to make a decision about where to eat for lunch today, we had multiple variations of what's best, what's preferred, what's most delicious, right? Mm-hmm. Any given day, I might want something else the next day. Right. Any given day, my standard might change. And so, like, if you think about humanity, we have shifting, changing standards mm. that are of imperfect people, that are a matter of opinion, and we claim that that's more important than God's perfect standard, never changing, never wrong from a holy God. Mm. You know, when we think of sin, we need to remember that God never changes, that He's holy and perfect, and that His standard for our life is the right standard. And when we don't live in that standard, that's when that's when we sin. One of our kids uh, was reading something in for history actually, but it, it was tied in with God and 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 also how the enemy wants to come in and make you believe like, oh, it's okay. You're not you're not as bad as as this over here. You can go this far comparing yourself to other mm-hmm. human beings and how how we can even fall into sin by doing that rather than comparing to God's standard and what He actually wants for us. As you were talking about that, it made me think of if we're not looking at God's standard, then we're, we're not hitting the standard. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's like a, a cousin lie of what we're talking about today. Well, didn't God create sin? No, no, He didn't. That was a result of our rebellion against God. Well, the other side of it is, well, aren't my ideals enough? And no, our opinions, our thoughts, our standards aren't high enough. They aren't good enough. They'll never be good enough. We need to do a podcast after we finish this lie <laughs> series. But it's a, it's a tool that we've used and, and learned about called Three Circles. Mm. And one of the interesting points of the Three Circles, it says that when you are living in your broken state in your life, There are these things you try to do to get out of your own brokenness. And every time you try to get out of your own brokenness, it's like you're attached to a bungee cord. Once you get to a a certain length away from your brokenness, this bungee cord, you know, that's um, attached to your sin and your broken life just flings you back into brokenness again. I'm thinking in my life, I, I really identified myself with academics in school. As a kid, even though I'd followed Christ, I still had broken aspects of my life, things I struggled with, things I I had to work through. But I would try to identify myself as an elite academist. Is that a word? Sure. Sure. Um, I tried to identify myself as a smart kid. And no matter how great my grades were, A, B would destroy me. Or if people didn't think I was the smartest, I I would feel lost. When really what was, what was happening is I was just trying to fix things in my brokenness. Mm. And, and when I'm in my brokenness, I'm living in sin. Instead of going, God, I, I trust your standard. I trust your identity for who I am, not putting my own identity on myself. I had the freedom to live in my brokenness. But what God is saying is he's inviting us back to his perfect plan, unchanging plan. Mm. Um, not a matter of opinion kind of plan, <laughs> but the God-given right for all mankind plan and and that's amazing again that's an act of love you know we can look at it and go god's domineering and he's like the just a father who's throwing punches laying down the law but i really believe that 
that God says, I want to give you the better choice. Mm. I want to give you the choice to live my way outside of sin mm-hmm. because your sin brings death. Yeah. My, my way brings life. Hallelujah. That he, that he actually wants us to have life with him, that we have an opportunity to, to live with him. Let's see if we agree on some of these statements. Do we believe that mankind was created with free will? I think there's going to be a little bit of debate on that, depending on on who you talk to. But and, and what side and and how deep that side is. Yeah, yeah. But but we have choices. But from our perception in the life we live, it seems like I can choose my way or God's way. Yeah. I can choose the the path to to sin and death or the path to life. Are we going to live in the flesh? Or are we going to live in the spirit? And and I think we can support that because it it seems as if the way Scripture is written that Adam and Eve chose to to follow the path they chose. We can even go back to the rebellion of the angels. Is They seem to have had the opportunity to worship God perfectly, or they chose the way of the enemy when um, he had prideful thoughts and wanted to be the one who was worshiped. Mm-hmm. Now, we, let's go back again. We do believe we're created in the image of God, and that seems to be where some of this choice takes place and, and why we have that ability as well. But we choose disobedience. Everyone does. I mean, yeah. that's what the scripture says, is that we've all chosen to disobey God in one way or another. Would you read uh, Romans 5.12 for us? Because I, I want it to be clearly stated, and I think everybody understands this, but the Bible also talks about it, that the choices we make have consequences. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. So the consequence of, of this sin is, is death. Man, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. And, and I think part of the reason I don't like it is because I see how much my selfishness, my sinful nature brings about death. And, you know, not immediate death per se, but mm. but brings about a distance between my relationship with, with my Heavenly Father and me. And, and if it doesn't bring about death in one way or another, it brings definitely brings the brokenness that you talked about before. But yeah. then ultimately, it will, bring, it will bring about death. But, you know, the last podcast, we talked about how the enemy kills, stills, and mm-hmm. destroys. And so I think that's what we're talking about is that it may not be, like you said, an immediate death, but there's something that it destroys or it it, it breaks. Um, well, another way to describe that brokenness is, is we do see physical evidences of brokenness, but there are also spiritual evidence of brokenness. Oh, yeah. So, so anytime that that I take a step away from God and from Jesus Christ in, in those ways in His path, I I am experiencing a, a separation, a spiritual separation, um, you know, a, a brokenness in our relationship at minimum. I'm, you know, as a believer, I, I'm not saying that that we were taken away from God and and not have a relationship, but I definitely think there are things we do in our life that hinders our relationship and. Our marriage relationship is a great example of that. Right, we we are committed to each other in marriage, but I do stuff all the time that you know that that hinders or helps our relationship. I have that ability, and I need to think about what choices I make, and vice versa. Yeah. And 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 that's true of any relationship that we have in life. You know, mm-hmm. the the choices we make in those relationships are either going to hinder it or help it, and 
Do we want to encourage and edify to make that relationship stronger? Or are we going to tear it down? And and that's what sin does is tears and tears and pulls apart our our relationship if we if we choose certain actions or even words. Yeah. So that edifying is God's way, God's standard. Yeah. The tearing down is is anything that opposes mm-hmm. God's plan. Yeah. Hey, you were talking earlier about um, another verse that talks about temptation. I think this is a, a good verse to incorporate into this conversation to see the character of God, to see His nature, and and just add some additional context to whether or not is it even possible for God to create sin, or is what we've been saying that knowing who God is helps us know what sin is, and sin is not following God's plan. Do you mind reading those verses? In James 1, 13 through 15, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So let's pull out the key points of those verses. What what are some of the things you think we need to to be thinking about and contemplating as we think about those verses? When we are in temptation, it's not God tempting us. It's the enemy tempting us. For me, I, I think if God doesn't tempt us, then he's He's not the creator of, of sin because that's not what he wants for us. Now, in the same way that God did not... Uh, put a fence around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and prevent sin from happening, mm. he also doesn't appear to prevent temptation from happening. True. Now, But that doesn't mean, just because he he allows something doesn't mean he's the cause of that same thing. True. And he also says, though, in another scripture that he will make the way of escape. When we're tempted, he, he wants us to not fall into that temptation. Mm. He wants us to escape it. And he gives us... We have His Holy Spirit to help us through that, and He will help us through that, but we we have to be the ones that turn to Him and not take that step towards sin, Well, it, which and, is luring, it says. Yeah, part of that's breaking the natural inclination hmm. and, and starting to take the spiritual steps yeah. versus the, the what our nature and what our flesh does. Mm-hmm. What, what else do you see in those verses? So, God doesn't bring about temptation. Um, from another passage, you said He provides a way out of temptation. It talks about how when we are, if we are lured towards temptation, it's because of our own desire. It's our desire that makes us want to go into that that sin. But then, when it when we actually follow through with that sin, it, that it brings forth death. It's kind of interesting. We're in the holiday season right now, and you're making so many wonderful sweets and treats, and I can I can resist pretty well until I've tried one. But once I taste it, and like sin, these treats, they can they can feel good for a little while, and they can seem to have a, appealing and pleasing effects. But, you know, depending on what the treat is, and depending on how much lactose is in that treat, man, I'm wrecked. My desire is for the sugar in the treat, right? Yeah. And, and sin's kind of the same way, is, is our inclination, the way we lean... Our flesh is desiring something that is contrary to what God wants for us. Mm. But we have this opportunity, like you said earlier, to resist the temptation, to live and, and walk the path that the Holy Spirit guides us towards and, and enjoy true, meaningful life in that way. As we think of this first uh, lie 
if God made everything, then he made sin, right? Something I've heard you say over and over, and I really appreciate it because I need to be reminded over and over is, and, and what I desire to live out in my life is that I always know what truth is. Hmm. The, the best way to dis- dispel a lie is to know the truth. We're just going to reiterate some things we, we're going to say are pretty basic, but just reiterate for the sake of all of the listeners being on the same page. We, we believe that God is holy. Hmm. What's a, like an easy to understand definition of God's holiness? There's no sin in him or uh, set apart is usually like the Bible definition, right? To, to be set apart and separated from sin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to know God's nature, to know God is holy, to be separate from sin, to not, to not be mixed up in any way, fashion or form with sin. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we, we draw the conclusion that he did not create sin. Right. Another characteristic that I think is really important to to know of God is he's he's a loving father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know my dad loves me when he gives me freedom to live out my life. Gives me instruction, calls me towards the right thing. Mm. But much like my dad has acted in my life in, in many times, God does not force me to follow his exact plan, but he welcomes me and he calls me towards his plan. And and that's his desire. He wants, I mean, he wants you to follow him. You know, his path is good. His plan is good yeah. for us. But when I realize I'm not being manipulated, mm-hmm. and when I realize I'm not being forced, my expression of love back to God, mm-hmm. my expression of love back to my my earthly father, back to you, that, that comes from a, a source of genuine desire to follow that, yeah. not, not a forcefulness. Mm. So we know that's who God is. And, ha- and how do we know who God is? Because we go back to his word. Mm-hmm. We see him act out. And, and people, let, let me just be upfront. There are some things in the Bible that you go, that is whacked out. That is just off. And, and some of those accounts, some of those things are just stating historical, accurate events. They're not saying that's how God... In every case, they don't tell us how God thought about it. They're just saying how sinful people acted. Mm. And, you know, if we wrote a book about all of our sinful uh, tendencies, mm. how horrific would that be as well? But but we find in God's Word who He is, how He guides, what His law is, mm. and uh, we can know what His standard is. Mm. And And then I think the last thing is anything that goes against God's standard goes against his law, his hopes, his his good plan for our life, that's sin. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of my words, my actions, and my thoughts. Have you ever had a thought and you went, why did I think that? Right, yeah. And we talked about that again <laughs> on the last episode, the, the enemy's attacking our thoughts and our words and our actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just keep seeking God and his, his words, his plan. Doesn't mean that we're not going to fall, but if we know... If we know him, his character, and his truth, we definitely can fight the enemy better. Mm. Hey, friends, in the next podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, another lie. In in this podcast, we talked about a lie that the enemy throws uh, towards our Heavenly Father, towards God. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about a lie that that hits closer to to home, you know, um, how he attacks us personally. And so we're going to try to go through a, a lie against the... Our good God, a lie against us, and then a lie that attacks our relationships over the next several episodes. Mm. Hey, thanks for listening. Um, These episodes will probably be just a little bit shorter because we're trying to dive really deep on one particular topic. But thanks for listening.
Um, as always, please reach out if you have any prayer requests or if you have a podcast idea that you would like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you as well. So I'll leave two email addresses in the description and uh, one for prayer request and one for connecting with us so we can talk about a topic that's important to you. Yeah. Thank you for listening with us today. As always, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Blessings. Mm-hmm.